Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Woo! You're listening to PHLY Flyers. That's right, PHLY. This is the post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Another game, another win for our Flyers. They go to Arizona. They go to the Mold Arena, and they come away with a victory. And this isn't any old Arizona team where you just go, ah, yeah, okay, it's the Coyotes. Who cares? They were really good tonight, uh, and Arizona has been good basically all season. Uh, their last five wins, obviously, or their last six, I guess, have been against the last five uh Stanley Cup champs and they've been able to they've been able to win all of those so obviously by the transitive property if they've beaten the last five Stanley Cup champs and the Flyers then defeated them woo that's right Mr. Twitzer it's the victory woo and remember it's brought to you by uh uh who am I gonna say it's brought to you by tonight you know what it's brought to you by our takeover uh, our takeover event on December 14th down at the Wells Fargo Center. Make sure you check out our socials or go to all PHLY for uh, ticket information. But just remember, an all-inclusive ticket includes a meetup pregame with all the diehards as well as Charlie and I and food and drink included through the second period. So it's a pretty damn good deal, not to mention a ticket to the game, Flyers Caps on the 14th. Not bad. That's who our victory woo is brought to you by tonight. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, so the Flyers, they have been winning a ton. And I got to tell you, my new mantra with this team is simply buy the ticket, take the ride. That's it. Uh, as you can see, or I got it. I'm terrible with this. I got the Hunter Thompson poster behind me. Uh, but that's, that's who I, that's what I see with this Flyers team. We're going to debate, oh, is this good for the rebuild all season? Uh, we're going to be worried about the draft position, young guys getting in, old guys playing. At this point right now, I mean, it's December 7th, um, day that will live in infamy because of the Flyers. Never mind. Um, that's probably in poor taste. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, like we're going to be worried about this team and the rebuild all season. It, it's the beginning of December and we're still having the same conversation, which tells me this team isn't getting bad anytime soon. They're not going to be terrible. I thought there was a chance as the season progressed, we would see them not even decline, but really other teams step up their game. And to this point that hasn't happened now, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, tough part of live radio there. Uh, now, like, if they if they have gotten a little lucky with the scheduling, I would say, like, if they played Edmonton now as opposed to when they played Edmonton. Yeah, good chance the Oilers win that game. Uh, tonight, with Arizona as hot as they've been, if they didn't just come off a of five or six straight against, like, recent cup champions, and now listen... Uh, yeah, Washington's been good lately. I don't think anyone believes them to be a cup contender, though. Um, the Blues, same thing. I don't think anyone thinks they're cup contenders. But Vegas, Colorado, Tampa, those are some good freaking teams. But if I'm going to apply the logic that I've applied to the Eagles, like, oh, yeah, congratulations, San Fran. After the, like, schedule run of all schedule runs, you beat the Eagles. Way to go. Uh you do have to take a small part of that um, 
uh, and, and apply it to tonight's game. But I mean, it's not as if this is an anomaly performance for the Flyers. And I guess that's uh, I guess that's where I want to start tonight is with someone who has stood out all season and has really stood out. Uh, for over a year now, and it's Travis Konechny, uh scores the shorthanded goal tonight, gets a pair of them, uh, the other right off an offensive zone face-off win by Sean Couturier. Travis Konechny is a star-level player. He is not, as Charlie always says, like, can he be the best player on your championship team? No, I don't think anyone believes Konechny to be that, but he's up to 14 goals now. Uh, the guys ahead of him are like the best goal scorers in the league. You know, B- Brock Besser, I think, leads with, what, 17 or 18. And Matthews is right there, like with 16. Uh, and Konechny sits at 14 goals. He gets them all different ways. He scores a ton on the rush, as we saw tonight with the shorthanded goal. He gets a lot of breakaway and rush chances with his speed and his hustle, the way he's uh, now utilized on the PK up top, breaking, uh, blocking shots and getting that outlet pass. But he is an all-star caliber player. And I'm still so, so torn on how they should handle Travis Konechny. Like the dumb part of me thinks he can be part of this because it's only going to take a couple more years. And the other part is like they have to trade him now. Like now that he's uh, an all-star caliber player, like it, it makes zero sense to keep him. And it's like these two competing thoughts in my mind. And I'm sure it's something that we're going to be debating a lot as uh, as the season goes on. The lucky thing about it is they have time with Connect. Yes, he is. Uh, he's due an extension or he's eligible for an extension this summer, uh, July 1st. But you can still you can still look at it and take a step back and go, we have time to make this decision. Like, yes, I, I see the uh, I see the comments like the haters still want the Flyers to lose and all that. I think the losses are coming. Just maybe not this year. Uh, I, I I've said before, like. If they pick 12th this year, that doesn't mean they can pick, they can't pick third next year. Like I think there could be like three to four years of bouncing between top five and like mid-teens picks that could happen. But like I believe they absolutely have to trade Sean Walker. Absolutely. I mean, it's not crazy because what are you getting for Nick Sealer? But like those two you trade definitely. And Carter Hart is someone you absolutely need to have the conversation about. Um, yeah, this is the throwback Bill Matson post game in the basement. That's right. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of uh, a couple of things around in the basement that are uh, reminiscent of that old set from the Facebook days. From the uh, where the hell else did we even do it? There were a bunch of different. I I can't even remember. There was another like video f- platform other than Facebook. I thought, but whatever. We're off track. Travis Konechny is the guy that I don't think they have to rush on making the decision on. Uh, now, once he doesn't say he wants to enter into negotiations in July, and you're like, ah, eh, we're still deciding. Well, I, I think he would kind of decide for you at that point. But I um. I can't imagine. Yeah, he's going to. He wants to hit free agency, right? So 
why would he sign an extension? Hockey players are always different, but it's it's the conversation we're going to be having with Travis Konechny, and I think it makes more sense than ever because he's now proven, like, this is who he is. He is a 30-40 to 40 goal scorer. He's not going to be in that 28-31 to 31 range, I don't think. I think this guy, playing every day, if he plays all 82 – uh, he is he's a 40 goal scorer and it's it's just a very complicated situation the Flyers are in I love what I'm seeing on the ice because it makes me think this isn't going to take as long as uh, this isn't going to take as long as I thought when Danny and Jonesy took over and the other other part of me is like you know what that means Excuse me. You know what it not taking as long means. You know that means they're only going to be able to reach a certain height. I'm trying to convince myself it's a bad idea for them to keep winning. It's bad for them to keep playing this well. It's bad for the veterans to have the impact they're having. I just can't, though. I, I just can't. And it really starts with Travis Konechny. And this is what a lot of the comments seem to be saying they are kind of a team out there just having fun and they're winning and they're playing off of each other. And like Travis Konechny kind of like, Oh, we want to play with pace. We want to be pests out there. We want to be physical, but skilled. Like he is everything. He Travis Konechny is the guy who kind of embodies what the coach wants them to be. I think other players could step into that role if, if needed, uh, Owen Tippett could be one of them. There's there's a few, like Joel Farabee could be another. But to this point, I mean, nobody even holds a candle to TK in terms of what he can do. So it's a really, really tough, it's a tough thing to decide. Um, I never thought Winnipeg would be able to re-sign Hellebuck and Shifley from Corey. Yeah, it's, uh, and it might not make a ton of sense for them to do it. Uh, now, uh, a market like Winnipeg, it always makes sense to at least make it seem like you're trying to compete because they badly need the money. Uh, that team badly needs the money. Like it's a little different for the Flyers. Like they're they'll be all right, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's not bad to win. It's good for everyone. Better foundation for everything, whether you're buying or selling. Yes and no. Uh, it's definitely, I, I think winning and especially putting, uh, like instilling the culture that John Tortorella has is a good idea. It's having veterans around to help the young guys, help mentor the young guys, help be facilitators of the message from the coach to the younger players. If you've heard any of the, uh, any of the recent Tortorella guys speak in interviews they've done recently. Um, there have been a few. I saw Dale Weiss on uh, Nasty Knuckles a couple weeks ago, I believe it was. Um, Michael Delzato just did Chicklets. There have been a few. And the conversation seems to be like, Tortorella cares deeply about his players, really wants to win, really wants to bring the most out of them. And 
sometimes his methods can get lost in translation and you need those guys around. Like if you've listened to these interviews and still wonder like, Oh, why is Mark Stahl here? There's a, there's a reason why haven't they tried to move on from, uh, from Cam Atkinson yet? Well, there's a reason for that. Uh, it's like, he needs translators. He needs dudes helping him get his message across who maybe speak, uh, speak the language of the players a little bit. And it makes sense. So I get even wanting to keep connecting around from that perspective. Like here's an example of not just a great player who helps us win games, score a ton of goals, but a player who understands the message and is able to relay it to like younger guys. It's not as if Konechny's a 35 year old vet, you know, he's still in his twenties. He's a young dude. Uh, he's matured a lot over the last few years, but it's, it, he, he's a young, ridiculous guy still. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm leaning towards the idea that it just makes sense that it just makes sense to keep Travis Konechny, which is crazy. I just saw a question. Um, who are my core four? Yeah, there it is. Bill, who's your core four or five uh, for the Flyers currently? Well, Couturier, Konechny, Sanheim. I guess you have to include Hart for now. And then, I mean, Tyson Forster, because he plays on the top line. There's, you can make an argument for Tippett. I think he's going to be here. Obviously, Scott Lawton, the coaches have a... Uh, the coaches have a ton of confidence in Scott Lawton for sure, for sure. Um, but beyond that, I, I, like I don't see Scott Lawton here in the long term. Even though, like, even though they love him, they put the letter on him. I, I don't see Scott Lawton as a part of the next great Flyers team. He could be. Uh, but he doesn't factor into like my core four or five, like I was just asked for. Uh, and these could change. They could definitely change. Like if it becomes apparent, they should trade Travis Konechny. Obviously, obviously, he's not there. If negotiations with Carter Hart this summer don't go great, maybe he's not one of them. And with their goalie depth, maybe it makes sense not to uh, not to sign a goalie long term for seven or eight million bucks. But yeah, I. Uh, I, I'm I'm good with Couturier, Sanheim, Konechny, Hart, and and Forster right now as my core guys. Uh, someone just brought up York. Yeah, York looks like he's growing into the role. He looks like he's gaining confidence. It looks like it was smart to stick with him, even when we were all kind of like, yeah, he's been good, but eh, he's, he could be better. He's starting to really get going, I think, Cam York, and we're going to see a better version of uh of york for the time being yeah stall looks slow out there 10 minutes a game okay anything more is tough to watch yeah he's not stall ain't here to play man uh he, he it's, i don't think anyone believes he's been good and that's why he's in a rotation with igor zamula who listen i was excited to see igor zamula get a chance and he could break out from here and be awesome but he's not anything more than a third pair guy either. So like, I'm not losing sleep. If uh, I'm not losing sleep, if like stall plays over Zamula some, but it makes the most sense. Uh, <laughs> despite the wind, Delorier seemed slow also. Uh, that's just, that's just how he skates. That's just, that's just, 
<laughs> he didn't seem slow. Um, rumors of Risto and Walker trade. Should they strike while the iron's hot? Hot. The offers might not be there at the deadline. I can't believe that that would be the case. Um, deadlines for action and more teams will be interested because they've accrued the cap space because they uh, either have or are looking to get back into the rate. Like, I don't think it makes a ton of sense to trade right now, um, especially a Sean Walker. Uh, Rasmus Ristolainen, great uh, because he's got term left. Now, if it's Toronto calling and they want Risto and they want you to retain salary, you have to hold that. You have to hold them hostage over that. Like you have to say, fine, we'll retain 40, 50%, whatever, whatever it is you need, but there needs to be compensation for that. Uh, I, I don't think teams at this time, like, I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine the compensation is as good right now as it will be at the deadline when more teams are involved. Like that's it. More teams are going to be involved by then. So we'll see. Um, if you can get out from under the wrist contract, I'm all for it. Uh, but I, I just can't imagine anyone taking on what's he got like two, three years left at over five mil. Toronto simply can't afford that. And if you're going to carry a retained salary for several more seasons, I I don't see that working for anybody. So Toronto needs a hero on D by trade. Start feeding Risto some hero bread. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's that's not bad there, Gary. Might have you write some of my uh might have you write some of my copy as we go through the season here. Um, I don't remember what ads I have. So Julia, can you just tell me which ones? Cause I have the reads in front of me. I just don't know which ones to put. And I should have just put that in like our little private chat we have. Um, but why not just produce on the air? It's always fun calling all card collectors. That's right. I'm talking to you, our, uh, sports hobbyists out there. Listen, look at this set professional segue. I have just the absolute best calling all card collectors. Wheelhouse is our go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. Their motto is cards and community because love of sports unites us all. They carry all of your favorite card brands like tops, Chrome baseball and mosaic football, as well as t-shirts, hats, hoodies from brands like Mitchell and Ness, 47 brand junk food starter and Shibe vintage sports. Maybe you're in the market for a little bit of, maybe you need to get your own sports card collection graded. Well, wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions as well. They also host a ton of different family friendly events and birthday parties every month. So stop into either of their stores in Wayne or Westchester open seven days a week at 11 AM and use code PHLY to get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in the store. Also be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at wheelhouse cards. I love an in-store discount. Honestly, I can't think of many things better than an in-store discount. You go in there, you feel like a VIP. Like, ah, throw that PHLY on there. That's right, PHLY VIP at Wheelhouse Cards. That'll be you. Uh, so thank you for that, Julia. Appreciate you telling me what I have to do 
on uh, on today's show. I guess we should get to Carter Hart. Um, he has been awesome lately. Mentioned last time I talked with Charlie, they Carter Hart hadn't been great as Samuel Ersan's kind of Ersan. Erson has kind of emerged. Uh, so it's been a little up and down the goaltending heart came in, I think on a four game losing streak tonight, he was great again. And, uh, I got to I've been talking about how Erson gives the flyers more of a chance and they should get him in games more just so we can see more of him. If maybe he can be the number one, if they can move on from Carter Hart, whatever it might be. But from a Carter Hart perspective, while I am sure he going into a contract negotiation would like the I'm a 60 to 65 game starter kind of title on him. He's that dude. If he's a 55 game guy, but they are 55 better games because he's got a little bit more rest. Man, I think that can benefit Carter Hart in the long run as well. Uh, I think Brian Boucher brought that up during the uh, during the broadcast tonight. Just how really good uh, Hart could be, maybe if like he just had the proper rest in between starts. We've seen him; he's a guy who gets nicked up a little bit. He has to miss time with minor injuries, and listen, those could just all be fluke, different things, or they could be a result of playing a little too much and not having enough time in between games. He might just not be a 60 to 65 game guy, at least one who can do it effectively and remain healthy and consistent throughout a season. All goalies are going to have their ups and downs. It happens. <laughs> but yeah, the, the handling the puck, he made a nice move tonight with the puck. He did a little, he made a nice little deke, faked the guy out. I actually, I was, I want all goalies. Obviously, we want the Flyers to win, and him handling the puck is uh, like antithetical to that. Um, but just in general, I want goalies handling the puck more uh, because it's generally chaos. You know, like Brodeur is gone. You know, so there's there's not that dude anymore. Who's, oh well, he's gonna come out and uh, mess up the forecheck, and now there's no action. Now goalies handling the puck means more action because they're mostly bad at. Uh, so uh, from a Flyers fan perspective, absolutely. Um, he needs to handle the puck less from a enjoying NHL hockey perspective. I wish goalies, I wish there was no, uh, I wish there was no trapezoid. And if there was a trapezoid, I think it should be opposite. I think goalies should only be allowed to go into the corners and they shouldn't be allowed to go directly behind the crease and net. That's how I, if there has to be a trapezoid, I think it should be enforced oppositely. Uh, but no, Hart's been really good and very interested to see how this tandem kind of plays out now as the season, uh, as the season rolls along, we're seeing a maybe better rested and then more effective Carter Hart. And we're just seeing the best of Samuel Ersan this, uh, thus far, like his first couple of starts, they were so bad. But he's been great lately. And yeah, that's something I want to bring up with Charlie is the uh is the road record. They're six four and one on the road, six 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 and one at home. I mean really it's just they played a couple more games and happened to lose them. But they have seemed to play just better overall on the road 
San Jose uh, notwithstanding. But speaking of better on the road, now he's great all the time. Let's get to him. Ladies and gentlemen, Philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter, it's Charlie O'Connor. Charlie, can you hear me? I sure can, Bill. Can you hear me? Ah, Yes. Julia is the best in the business. Don't tell all the other producers that I say that about them when when they're doing it. Uh, But Charlie, first of all, I got to ask about the mullet because it's what the entire broadcast was about tonight. Um, Mullet Arena, were you there last year or was this your first trip? This was indeed my first trip, so I've never done this before. I was not uh, was not on the road last year when I went to Arizona. Look, it was pretty cool. Uh, honestly, um, I think the big thing, and I think I tweeted this out during the game, the big thing that really stood out to me is you can just tell how fast these guys are. Much easier when you're watching. Because the way that the arena is set up is essentially the where the press box, and I put that in quotation marks, the press box is right behind what would be the 100 level of the Wells Fargo Center. So you're basically, it's as if you're standing at like a standing room only seat at the back of the 100 level. That's all it is. And because of that, you're really, really close to the ice. And you can just see how fast these guys are. Like, not everybody. Like, Sean Gaturia doesn't look that fast because he's not that fast of a skater. But when you see, like, Travis Konechny, especially tonight because he was everywhere tonight, when he just gets a burst or when Owen Tippett's flying down the wing, it's really, really obvious just how quick these guys are. And you think to yourself, man, I can see how, like, a a defenseman can get turnstile by a guy like that because the – it's not that you can't tell the guys are fast from up top. You can, but it just doesn't seem as sudden as it does once you're, when you're close to the ice surface and you can see how that speed can really surprise and overwhelm opposing defensemen when you're up, when you're up that close, that was really cool. That's because we've talked a lot. Like I really appreciated when I was up in the press box, the view of the game from up there, really seeing the full ice. Like, is it a different evaluation process for you? And what was the atmosphere like? Just, it seems like it would be a cool place to catch an NHL game, but also kind of weird. Cause it's a like 4,500 seat arena playing, you know, one of the biggest sports in the world. You sort of. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, one thing that was honestly kind of funny is that the um, the let's go let let's go coyotes is very similar to let's go flyers. So in the beginning of the game, I thought they were chanting let's go flyers, and I think what it was is that both fan bases were chanting the same, like chanting at the same time, chanting the same thing, essentially like the same sounding thing, but it was majority. Let's go coyotes. However, there were a lot of, uh, a lot of flyers fans came to this game, ton, tons of people in orange and black. Uh, at the end of the game, there were quite a few E A G L E S chants, which was, was appreciated. I got a kick out of that. Um, but on the whole, I would say the atmosphere was good. It was definitely it was definitely loud, you know, just because everybody's so close to the ice. It's pretty packed in that, you know, the, the roof is pretty low. I'm looking at it right now. And, and it's a cool environment. You can easily tell, you know, that this is a college arena. It's basically just the first half of an arena without the uh, the mezzanine level. Uh, you uh, you mentioned the speed of Sean Couturier kind of in jest there. But you uh, I saw the pregame talk with with John Tortorella today and you asked if, you know, Sean Couturier, not quite there yet. What's he still missing? He said the pace of the game. What did you make of his uh, comments about Couturier and his, you know, he's played what 23, 24 games in his return. Uh, What did you think of Couturier tonight and what Tort said about him pregame? 
I mean, I thought Couturier was fine. I think Couturier has been fine. I get the sense, truthfully, that Tortorella's big issue, I don't even call it an issue. Like, I think he's happy with the way Couturier is playing. But what you got to remember about Tortorella is the big thing about his coaching style is these tape studies where they break down tape and they basically put everybody on blast who's messing up and they praise the people who are doing the things right. And I suspect, because he keeps going back to this thing with Couturier where he's not quite like... He hasn't quite got a handle on everything we do defensively yet. My guess is that means that Couture is probably popping up a little bit more than Tortorella would like him to pop up in terms of like doing the wrong thing in the defensive zone. Probably because, again, all most of these other guys have had a year within the system. And Couture is now on, what, game 25, I guess, because what he missed one or two games so far due to... Due to like nagging, nagging little injuries. So I think that's more what he's talking about because to me... I think Couture looks mostly back. Um, one thing that I thought was really reassuring was, and granted, the, the Joel Faraby goal ended this streak pretty quick, but the last two goals, you have the final goal in the Pittsburgh game in overtime, and then the first goal in this game, both came off of face-off wins from Sean Couture. And that's been one of the things that's legitimately been a weakness thus, thus far for Couture. He he came into the season, you thought he was going to like single-handedly sort of fix the face-off problem and I'm not saying face-offs are the most important thing in the world but it's nice to have a guy who can win 54 55 percent of them and Sean Gutierrez started out the year and he was not doing well with them not nearly as well as he was doing before the injury and I think you're seeing that part of his game maybe come around a little bit um, but the rest of his game you know the the hockey sets the uh, the, the passing the uh, the build-up plays in the defensive zone I think that's all there and and I think honestly he's only going to get better yeah, no, I uh, I agree. I, I did think it was a little funny. And this could just be Tortorella being Tortorella, but the uh, he might not agree that there's as much wrong with his game as I think there is. And it was just like, you're challenging him a little bit, aren't you? A little bit. You're just, a little bit. You're, just, you're just poking a guy who you didn't get to poke last year, which I'm fine with. It was fine. Um, the newsy thing that happened ahead of today's game just early uh, – Ryan Paling, a late scratch, and then Ali Lixell, who we weren't sure was actually even going to get any time on this trip, but he was along because they needed an extra forward. He draws in, only plays, I have it, 6-11 tonight. Uh, what did you make of the decision to bring up Lixell and then not really have him a part of it? Is it simply because like he didn't get time to practice with anybody, so you kind of shorthanded yourself? What did you think of all the Lixell situation? Well, I mean, the reason why Lixell came in was because Ryan Paling is sick. And from what uh, Kevin Kurtz told me, uh, who covers the team for the Athletic, apparently there's been a little bit of an illness going through the team. So I think Paling probably just got it at the worst possible time where he wouldn't be able to play. So, number one, it wasn't expected that Lixell was going to go in. And you could see that by the fact that, you know, he in the warm up skated at center on the fourth line. And you're like, well, crap. He's not a center. He's a winger. He, he's played center a little bit in his career. He's primarily a winger. And I was thinking, man, are they really going to throw this guy to the wolves and put him at center on the th on the fourth line? Well, it turned out what they did is they basically used Scott Lawton on the fourth line and had Lixell check in here and there in the top nine. He, he rotated a little with Bobby Brink. But we asked Tortorella after the game about it, and he basically said, look, he strongly considered going with 7D in this game. That it was something that he legitimately thought about. But he decided, you know what? 
Lixell's worked hard in practice. He's up here with the team. He's on this trip. I want to reward him with at least some ice time. But he told Lixell coming into the game, like, look, don't be surprised if you don't get a ton of shifts, but I'm going to get you in there. I'm going to find a way to, to give you some NHL action. But don't expect that, you know, unless a bunch of people go down don't expect to be leaned on heavily. So I think this was more of a, like a last minute. All right, what are our options? We could go 11, seven, or we could go with Lixell. And if we go with Lixell, he's very clearly going to be the 12 forward because we didn't plan for him to be in this game. Yeah. I saw like a lot of mixing and matching before I realized what was going on. Like, Oh, Lixell's not really playing. Like I was like, why is Delorier out there with Couturier so much? Like what did Sean do now? And no, he's not demoted. It was just they only really went with 11 forwards. And then I figured out what was happening. Uh, we our, our pal Adam Bortz in the chat. He wants to he wants me to ask you what you make of the road record. I think they're six, four and one on the road. And overall, I just think they've played their best hockey away from home. We saw another game tonight where they played pretty well. Is it just the matchups, the way the schedules worked out? What do you make of them being? a little bit better on the road than they are at home thus far. Yeah. I mean, we're still talking about pretty small samples, so it's very possible that this is, you know, kind of an anomaly. Maybe they'll go on have a bad road trip. I mean, th there's always going to be the Disney on ice road trip. They'll probably lose like three out of four on that one because they always do. And then I'll drag it down. That said, you know, if I have a theory as to why it might just be because like, what do you hear when, you're talking about like the ideal road game. The ideal road game is, you know, you just, you, you, you pick up your lunch pail. It's a work hard game. You know, you just, you just come in and you might not be at your best, but you got to get the most out of your talent that you have. And like, that's pretty much what they do every night. So, you know, maybe it's not that they're, they're better on the road. Maybe it's that they play a game that is more conducive to what you're supposed to do on the road um, as compared to other teams that are a little bit more skill oriented. Charlie, uh, we've talked a bit about uh, – I almost really actually called him Yam Cork. Uh, we, we've talked about Cam York's, like, a lot to start the season. It was like, he's been fine. Uh, but over the last couple of games, last week, maybe two, he started to elevate his game. And tonight he has the goal, he has an assist, a couple of points. I thought he was really good tonight. I think he's been good the last few nights. Uh, how are you assessing Cam York right now? Is he – ascending is he finally just getting the points he should have had all along is what do you think of cam I, I love that goal that he scored because to me that's been what's missing in his game i think the defense for the most part has been there i think your know, torts tonight again praised him for shot blocking which like cam york isn't a big defenseman but he's been will he's been a willing shot blocker on the penalty kill at five on five he's been a very willing defender what i've been disappointed with with cam york this year and Tortorella kind of poo-pooed it a little bit last week when we brought it up, but what I've been disappointed is that the offense hasn't come around. He really hadn't established himself on the power play to the point where he got yanked off the power play in favor of Sean Walker, who, like, having a great season, big Sean Walker fan, but if he's on your power play, you got power play problems. The power flyers obviously do. I want to see Cam York at least establish himself as a good power play two option. He hadn't done that. And then at five on five, he kind of was deferring in my mind a little bit too much to Travis Sanheim, letting Sanheim do all of the rushes, all of the offensive aggressiveness and playing maybe a little bit too safe. Well, that play he made tonight, that was not a guy that's playing safe. I mean, he goes right around Jason Zucker. He maneuvers around the, uh, the third pair defenseman with the, uh, the weird name. What the heck is his name? Kessel ring Kessel ring. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Kessel Run or whatever. Um, but anyway, um, 
maneuvers around him, just has a really nice play on, on the whole. And that's the kind of offensive aggressiveness and the kind of offensive skill that I believe Cam York has. I believe he is that caliber of player that can make those plays on a more regular basis. He just hasn't been this year. And if that goal gives him more confidence to try those sorts of plays more often, I think it can only lead to good things for him and for the Flyers. I meant to bring this up when we talked about Lixell, but I totally blanked, Charlie. What did you make of that penalty uh, he got called for tonight? Because I can I, tell you, Torts didn't like it. <laughs> Torts did not like it at all. And I I have no idea what the dude he hit was doing. And I can't honestly say I've ever even seen a play like that, where the like contact is made like in the face-off circle, and then somehow both guys drive into the boards and then it looks like boarding. Cause a guy turned like, are the flyers just getting the shit end of some weird plays lately? What did you think of that call? Well, I think it speaks to the point that Tortorella made in the wake of the Hathaway major and game misconduct where too many guys in the NHL don't know how to take a hit anymore. And like, to me, that was a classic example of a guy who like, he should not have hit the boards at that angle with that velocity. He should have been better prepared for that hit. And like it shouldn't be it shouldn't be on Lixell to treat that guy with kid gloves just because he doesn't know how to take a hit. And and it's it's frustrating. And I do agree with John Tortorell that it's a it's a bit of a problem, especially with younger players, where you know, maybe they've spent so much of their career not getting hit that when they get to the NHL and suddenly it's happening, because it was Valamaki. Valamaki's not a like he's not a super he's a, he's a younger player. And at some point, you know, you have to to learn that it's look. this is the NHL guys are going to hit. It's part of the game. And you have to learn how to take those hits and not put yourself in position to get injured. And he didn't get injured on the play. Honestly, neither did uh, neither did Luke Hughes. But in both of those plays, I think you saw a situation where an opposing player took a clean, a clean hit and didn't accept it the way he should have and instead put himself in a dangerous position and the flyers got the got the penalty for it unfortunately that's we just had a comment that i i made in real time during the game i was like after when farabee got hit i was like well if that's not boarding how is like you know like it's just an odd i just hate officials but whatever uh <laughs> we know, charlie we know. Uh, I, they're just they're just the worst it's just who would want that job anyway <laughs> Uh, you mentioned when you first got on with us, Charlie, Travis Konechny was everywhere tonight, and it's hard not to share that assessment. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, good shit, Charlie. Yeah, he was. <laughs> like, two goals tonight, one uh, shorthanded, his, I think, third shorthanded goal of the year, seventh for the team yep. overall. Look yep. at that. The, pa- the penalty kill did not falter in the wake of uh, your penalty kill piece coming out. In fact, I know, right? another... In fact, they scored another shorthanded goal. They now trail the power play 10-7 in the scoring race. They still have a chance, <laughs> which, man, it's December. It's now December 8th here on the East Coast, and the uh, the penalty kill still has a chance to win this thing, which is, you know, they're they're big, they're big underdogs, but they could do it. Uh, anyway, Travis Konechny. I know we both think he can't be the best player on a championship team, we, like, clearly. Yeah, but fuck if he's not a like legit all star at this point. He's a forty goal scorer, no? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and after when I do my piece on this game, my my article on allphly.com, spoiler alert: Travis Konechny is going to be the uh, the the main character of the piece because he was just he was just that good tonight. And look, he 
he actually was who John Tortorella pinned the uh, the one goal the Coyotes did score. He pinned that on, on Konechny. He didn't think that Konechny played that uh-huh. well, um, probably because Konechny didn't get the puck deep when he should have, that Konechny was instead uh-huh. trying to uh, to go down the ice to score a shorthanded goal, which he later did, um, you know, in the, in the next period. But basically what Tortorella said is, look, like, Konechny's going to do some things that, that tick me off. He's going to frustrate me at times, but I need to accept that because Konechny is also going to do a bunch of really great things and he's going to in aggregate he is going to outweigh all the bad things he does because he's just that dynamic of a player i thought tonight he he was all over the place you know obviously being closer to the ice made it more obvious to me of just how quick he is just how quickly he gets on defenders and forces them to make a decision without the puck or with the puck if he's coming in on the forecheck no connecty has been great Konechny, over his last 86 games, this is dating back to the start of last season, I believe he has something. Hold on one second. I had this stat up. So it is um, 45 goals in his last 86 games, which pretty darn good. You know, we're talking about, as you said, a 40-goal scorer over the last 46 games uh, or over the last 86 games, so basically 82. And even if you you cut that down, it would still be over 40 if you do the pacing. No, Konechny's been great. And, and tonight was just a reminder that – you know, look, the Coyotes, while they're not a bad team, they beat a bunch of legitimately good teams over the last couple of weeks. They are not an elite team. Destroying the, the the Arizona Coyotes is not the same as destroying the Vegas Golden Knights. But to me, Travis Connecting was the best player on the ice for both teams. And he has the ability to do that. He has the ability to take over a game. And I thought at times tonight, he definitely took over a game. I thought that shorthanded goal was huge. I mean, not just because it's a shorthanded goal, but because... The, the Coyotes had had cut the game to to one at the end of the first period, and they scored the next goal. Suddenly, it's a new game. Suddenly, the crowd. The momentum back in was it. yeah. It was very much in question at that point. Like yeah, that swung the balance of the, that ended the game essentially. Like yes, exactly. Uh, Coyotes made a nice push in the third. They did some things, but going up three one, it was like okay, Flyers are going to be able to answer whenever they have the opportunity, and they did tonight. Uh, another guy who answered. Coming off what was, I thought, one of his best games of the season, Carter Hart follows it up with another really solid game. Uh, Brian Boucher during the broadcast, you know, we've talked so much about, like, should this be more of a tandem situation? Could Ayrson be that maybe not number one, but a 1B? Maybe they should make it even. But from a Carter Hart perspective, I've thought, that's the last thing in the world he wants because going into a contract negotiation, he wants to label, I'm a 60, 65 game starter. Like, that's who I am. But if he can be more effective because of the rest he's able to get, maybe not have another IR stint this year and just be a little bit more consistent because he gets a little bit more rest, that's beneficial too. Do you think that's been a big part of what we've seen from him lately? Or is it just like he's usually pretty good? Yeah, I, mean, I think he's usually pretty good. I do agree that, you know, this game was strong. I didn't think he faced a ton of super high quality chances tonight, but he did his job. You know, he made the saves he needed to make. It's not like he had really any chance on that Lawson Kraus goal. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to pin that one on him. He just did his job. And, you know, the Pittsburgh game I thought was a little bit more a situation where he, uh, he actually did sort of steal that game a little bit. The Penguins got a lot of quality chances and he made a lot of monster saves. This was a little bit different. He just had a, perfectly solid you know workmanlike game 
look, I don't know if it's if it's the extra rest. If I have a theory, I think there might be a little bit of looking over his shoulder. You know, he sees that Sam Harrison since the start of November has been playing really well. Well, he's you know, look, if Brian Boucher is saying it on the broadcast, it's probably percolating in flyer circles of the idea. And I'm talking like internal flyer, internal flyer, flyers circles in that, hey, maybe we should get this Harrison guy a little bit more. Hart doesn't want to give up that net and he shouldn't. You know, there's nothing wrong with good internal competition. And I do wonder if maybe, just maybe, there's a little bit of extra motivation because he now he knows really for the first time in his career, he has a backup goalie who isn't significantly less talented than he is. And he might need to play even better to fight him off and keep his role. No, that's something it was whatever our last show together was, what Tuesday morning, I think, when we talked about the the idea of the tandem, like He's never had competition. They've no. gone out of their way to make sure there's never been a question. And there still really isn't. Like, yeah, Erickson could play his way into some more time. And in a couple of months, perhaps we're talking about a 1A, 1B situation. But this is the first time he's it's ever even been brought up. And it's the first, I mean, even before him. Uh, let us not forget Brian Elliott a few years ago, starting every game in the month of December. Like we yeah. haven't had two viable goalies healthy at the same time in like eight years. <laughs> you know? like, it's It's been a while. So it's, it's nice to see. Uh, we're going to get into this a bit tomorrow. I think uh, Kelly will be joining us perhaps while you're still uh, remote, but you're going to be on the show as well. But some rumors really starting to get going. And I know we talked about this, what is every what does every editor want? What does every <laughs> you know, what does every company want? They want trade speculation because people fucking love trade speculation. Well, Charlie, I'm people, and I love trade speculation. <laughs> the oh, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays or the Toronto Blue Jays, yeah, got Otani on the mind, Charlie. Yeah, right. The Toronto Maple Leafs. How does this affect the Leafs? Um, they are in pursuit of a defenseman. They lost out on Nikita Zadorov, and obviously, if you can't get the one tall guy, you go for the other one. Rasmus Ristolainen's name is coming up. I guess it makes sense because they're looking for that playoff snarl. Uh, and so Sean Walker, maybe not their top of their list. They're looking for a more of a physical guy than an offensive defenseman. Uh, but when I look at when I look at cap friendly, uh, there's almost no way to make Rasmus Ristolainen work on the Leafs, especially with the term he has remaining and Willie Nylander needing a contract. Um, all signs to me point towards Nick Sealer to Toronto. Are you hearing like anything up at the press box of speculation? Is this just like a media creation? What do you think could it be going on? Like, do you think anything happens with this blue line? before february i could see january i don't think anything's going to happen before the end of the calendar year and i think that's something that needs to be understood by people is that like at this stage this is what we call like kicking the tires this is when gms are calling other gms or shooting them texts or in like some sort of you know email chain where it's like who might be available you know okay would you potentially be be willing to trade him if you know a month or two down the line, you guys are, are selling. And Danny Breer is like, yeah, you know, we'd be open to it. I think the thing with Risto and why I don't see a scenario where anything like that would happen now is because I, to me, I think they would consider trading Ristolainen if and only if they keep Sean Walker. 
and like because I think that's part the reason why they're open to the idea of 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 maybe talking about Risto is this idea of if we re-sign Walker to like a two three year deal, then do we really need Ristolainen as our third pair right side defenseman? Because I think they're pretty much locked in on the Sanheim on the right side thing at least for now. Do we really need a, a third pair defenseman at five point one million dollars who's not going to get that much ice time in the grand scheme of things just because of the way the rotation goes? I, I think that's probably the thinking. And the thing is, is that they're not going to know if they are going to be able to like, or if they're even going to, if it even makes sense to keep Sean Walker until about a month, a month and a half down the road. Like they're not going to have serious conversations. I don't think with Walker's agent until then, because in truth, I don't even think they know if this is the real Sean Walker. Like they want to give Sean Walker a little bit more time to prove to them that this is actually who he is. So that's why my evaluation of the situation is that yes, they're potentially listening on rest for Stalina, but I don't see a scenario where like, I think the reason why people are so excited about this Toronto rumor is because Toronto, like they look at their roster and it's like, Oh, Toronto wants to make a move. Now we could do this now. I just don't think that's something the Flyers are going to do. I think the Flyers are perfectly content to wait this out, which, by the way, was exactly what Elliot Freeman said in his in his rumor. It's just that part gets left out about what people talk about on Twitter. Oh, absolutely. And like on the Marrick show today, I'm sitting there like and they're just discussing the feasibility. And Marrick is like at the end of it. Doesn't Nick Sealer make sense? And I was like, yes, that's what I've been yelling at you. Cell phone playing podcast. <laughs> like. I wanted to say radio, but like, I don't own a radio. Um, Charlie just mentioned kicking the tires, planning ahead, seeing what's a possibility as I kick the team, the table that my computer's on. Uh, <laughs> you know how it is making plans with your friends. Like you want to try to get a dude's night or something, go out to the game. It's impossible. You don't, you can't make any plans until the day of, and then it's like, okay, who's available? Let's do it. Well, Game time is the perfect app for that because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress of game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, Charlie, I um, I forgot to bring this up to you, so it's on me if you don't have them. Do you have three stars of the game for us? Three stars of the game. Yeah, I can come up with three stars of the game. Sure. I mean, num- number one star, definitely Travis Konechny. I think that that goes without saying TK number one star number two star Carter Hart absolutely had a strong game wasn't dominant but I thought he had a strong game and then number three Cam York so three three guys we've talked about I think we zeroed in on the right guys I thought York had a strong all-around game his goal was more of the icing on the cake rather than something that was necessary which is why I put him third whereas I think Konechny's Two goals were necessary to win the game. Carter Hart's strong game was necessary, but I think Cam York had a good game 
And I love the I love the play he made on that goal. I think that's as I said, that's exactly what you want to see Cam York doing to add that extra offensive element, that dimension to his game. I also really appreciated he it was very funny the verbiage that uh that JJ used. Cam York like stepped up on a neutral like played right at the offensive blue line when they were trying to break out and laid a hit on a guy. Didn't really didn't really pop him, but looked like he could have. And JJ just goes, Oh yeah, and lays his weight into him. And I was like, Yeah, that's why they want him to put on a little more weight, JJ. But uh it was speaking, it speaking was, of that. Did, did you uh, did you see that play? I know it didn't end up like amounting to anything, but Owen Tippett blasting through the neutral the, zone and the guy the, tries to hit him and Owen Tippett won. That was great. The Tippett, the Tippett looking like fucking Peter Forsberg hit. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely saw that. I came up off the couch. I scared the shit out of my dog. It was that was probably the highlight of the game for me. I'm glad you brought it up, Charlie. Um, yeah, it was. They are uh, like a pretty fun team to watch right now. I got like tonight wasn't even the most eventful game, but they just do interesting, fun things like the way they play, especially on the penalty kill. Again, got to uh, got to tell you, you must read Charlie's article on the penalty kill. And before I forget, the three stars tonight of Charlie's brought to you. No, we did not sell the segment yet, but they are brought to you. By our diehard sale. That's right. You yes. wanted it. You got it. One week, we are discounting the PHLY diehards uh, subscriptions, the memberships, $20 from $79.99 down to $59.99. So make sure if you were like, ah, oh, maybe there'll be a sale. I'm not quite sure if I'm ready to jump in yet. Do it right now. $59.99 to get aboard. And you get everything, man. If you're like, oh, I want to go to that, uh, I want to go to that PHLY Flyers takeover. That sounds like a good time. Guess what? It's going to be a great time, and you'll get a discount on tickets after you sign up. So make sure you do both. Like it's, I, I don't know how else to sell it. You get Charlie's stuff, which is outstanding, plus all the diehard benefits. You get to jump in the diehard Discord and harass Charlie until he gives you answers. I jump in there now and then. There's all <laughs> sorts of benefits. I can't even think of them all. But uh, Charlie, you got anything else? Yeah, I'm actually in the process right now of working on our uh, our monthly mailbag. So Ooh. tomorrow at some point, hopefully, will be the the all access version. Everybody can read it. And then Saturday, my plan is, is to have the diehard version of the mailbag, which is in our discord, which you gain access to if you become a diehard member. It basically guarantees that you're going to get your question answered regardless of how dumb it is. I'll answer it and I'll put it up on the website. So that's a perk for you. If you're in the discord, drop questions in. I've already locked in. So we're done now. No more questions Damn for this it. month. But but if you become a diehard member, January, you can get your questions in for the diehard members only part two of the mailbag, which should be out Saturday or Sunday at the absolute latest. I'm going to log in with my mom's diehard account and ask you the dumbest question I can possibly think of. Uh, <laughs> yes. doesn't have to I be would, flyers. You could, you could ask me a question about anything. Uh, that's what, that's how I'm going to wrap this one up, Charlie. Uh, it is now what? Like nine 35 there in Arizona. 10, is that 10 35? Right? Oh, okay. All right. I don't really know the time zones all that well, or really geography at all. Um, <laughs> 10 35. That's, that's in the business. 10:35 Thursday night. What are you doing after this, Chuck? You going out? You partying with the boys? What's on the agenda for Charlie O'Connor now that now that the game has ended? I cannot wait 
to have a blast of a night back in my hotel room wearing my sweatpants writing about this game and about Travis Connecting. Cannot wait. And then I That's- have an eight an eight forty flight tomorrow morning, so I'll be up early getting uh, heading to Denver. That's who this man is, ladies and gentlemen. That's why you need to become a diehard because he's just dedicated to the craft. If this was me out there, I probably wouldn't even be on post game. I'd be like, oh, connection issues. Uh, (laughs) but charlie a man of the people and a professional journalist thank you very much chuck uh we're gonna wrap things up but that'll do it for you so go out have some fun have one beer for me my friend all right you got it bill (laughs) all right take it easy charlie all right we are uh we are about to wrap things up but before we do you saw how (laughs) you saw the absolute unit that was charlie o'connor he's putting in work to look that good you don't have to try that hard to look that good all you got to do is shop at foco baby because foco has the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms whether you're looking for team apparel for the season ahead they've got overalls hoodies hats sunglasses bags anything you need for game day or maybe you need some accessories toys or collectibles for your man cave she shed or podcast set or whatever the hell you want to call this little area of my basement right here. It's basically that. Uh, You've got to use FOCO for all your team gear needs. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in the description of the show. And for all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY10. That's promo code PHLY10 for 10% off at FOCO today. Uh, I have not purchased the pajamas or the reversible hoodie yet but i'm gonna have it for the disney on ice trip so when we do more late night post games in the future i will be uh i will be set and it'll be all thanks to our friends over at foco all right that will do it for us tonight thank you all for listening thank you for hanging out if you haven't already you got to hit that subscribe button follow us right here on youtube never miss a live show you know how to find the podcast it's phly flyers follow us on Social, never miss any of our updates. Find out how to get the uh, the tickets for the takeover, all that stuff there, all of our links, everything. We put it up on Twitter, so make sure that's good. All right, that'll do it for me. For Charlie O'Connor, I'm Bill Matz. Have a great week, Philly. Y'all city like the mayor. 